Question, have your thighs ever rubbed together, creating a rash because of friction? Chafe is no joke, but thanks to Megababe, it's also no problem. Thigh Rescue is the anti-chafe stick made for chafers by chafers. Get Megababe's Thigh Rescue and experience what 10,000 five-star reviewers rave about. Thigh Rescue stops chafe. With one sold every 30 seconds, you better run to megababebeauty.com. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Wednesday, um, June something, and Take the Black the Live, 19th. the 19th. Where we talk about all things Game of Thrones, Song of Ice and Fire, genre fiction. I am Dan Selke, WhatIsComing.net, and this is Cheryl Wassenaar of Culturist.com, and soon to be, I'm allowed to announce this now. I think you are, I think you are. Soon to be WhatIsComing.net. As of July 1st, I will officially be moving over so you get to see more of my stuff and content and thoughts on WIC, which is very exciting. So, kind of both, I guess. That's true. You I are... I am porque no los dos in <laughs> career form. Um, so yes, hi Dan. Hello. But yeah, we're very excited that Cheryl is going to come over to WinnersComing.net as an editor, which I'm very excited about. I want to have more of your brain. I want to use your brain. I want it all over Wick. Oh, okay. Well, Yay. don't splatter it all over Wick. I don't think that would look good for Not just the site's aesthetic. And of course, hey everybody to watching. Hey Julie. Hey Victoria. Good to see everybody. All right. And today we are going to be talk some Game of Thrones news. You can believe it. You know, um, it's only been like a month since the Game of Thrones wrapped up, and already they have begun filming officially on the pilot for the Game of Thrones prequel show. And Julie reminds us it's June 20th where she is. Okay. Which is true. I mean, like, what day is it? No one even knows. Time is just a construct, man. <laughs> it is. It's, it's, it's fake. If you, we're, all, we're all in the same year. Um, anyway, the show that we... And hello, Daniel. The show that we are calling we're just gonna call blood moon until they give us uh, an official name blood moon. which is the game of thrones prequel they're making right now I, I i still don't love it but um maybe i'll come around i don't know you just gotta lean into it Dad. what do you guys think just blood moon i don't like it. i think i have a better title than that lean into the pulp anyway they are officially shooting it the pilot in northern ireland just again disclaimer not a full show yet just making a pilot we'll see if they pick it up um in the future, which again, really quick tangent. I've still, I, I still think we should do a, a, a further talk on this. Why they're not picking it up to series when they do pick up, like Watchmen and J.J. Uh, Abrams' show, Demi Mond, But it probably, we probably shouldn't waste time on that. Uh, I will once again reiterate that Game of Thrones had a notoriously, notoriously crappy pilot. That's very true. And. There are more irons in the Game of Thrones fire than just this. That's a so good point. If, okay. So if Blood Moon doesn't work out, there's all those other ideas, you know, that George R. R. Martin can't stop talking about. <laughs> I um, so I think HBO is less worried. So like if Blood Moon sucks, which I'm not saying it's going to suck, but if it does suck, it's not like HBO can't say, 
well, retool this, start filming a pilot for this other one. Yeah, that's true. So there's more, there's more things. And I mean, I, I respect it. I, I, yeah. I just, I don't know if I were them, I wouldn't just order a new Joss Whedon series site on scene either, but we'll see. I mean, I'd, nor would I. I'd, I'd make him do a pilot first. <laughs> But anyway, the pilot is happening. Naomi Watts, Miranda Richardson, other people whose names I don't remember, Tony Regbo, Josh Whitehouse, they're all there filming the pilot. And uh, we have a couple of set picks, and we have a couple of just new reports, and there's definitely a theme emerging. First of all, okay, so this is the set they've built for Blood Moon at the Titanic Studios Northern Island, which has long been the home base of filming on Game of Thrones for eight seasons. It always was. They have to love that they have infrastructure. A big old rock cliff. That's neat. You know, there'll be a rock um, in, in, blood, in the Blood Moon pilot, something involving that. Y'all heard it here first. That's true. Um, there's also another angle on it. We can kind of see what's um, in front of the rock. There we go. That is a hole in the rock, or as geologists might call it, a cave. Which brings us to the reports out of Belfast Live that... Which you just wrote as, as a writer on winterscoming.net. He's so excited about this, you guys. Like, he can barely contain himself. And I'm, I'm excited. Just, I'm holding it in. But yes, go, but yes. go on. But anyway, so Blood Moon is filming at the Marble Arch Caves Geopark, which is this big kind of, kind of like the equivalent of like a national park, basically, where mm-hmm. you can like tour the cave system. And there's like a forest right there. Like, it's this whole big area with a, a ton of cool different uh, biomes and ecology going on cool. there. It is pretty cool. They've actually filmed there before. Right. Uh, Game of Thrones filmed, used it for Beric Dondarrion's cave, one of the caves in the park. And they're closing it down from this past Monday, the 17th, mm-hmm. to next Wednesday, the 26th. So almost, it's a nice long while. Nice, almost two weeks, week mm-hmm. and a half. And we don't know what they're filming there. Like, the official announcement says they're filming in the caves, but sources told Belfast Live that they might be using the entire kind of area, which I think makes sense because there's this like ancient ash wood. Love it. Like right there. That's like clean to the side of a gorge. So you can get that kind of cliffy cliff idea sure. going on there. Which and is also super cool. that, you know, that dovetails with the set they built, which is a cave in a big old cliff. Yeah. Okay, Cheryl, when I see caves on Game of Thrones Song West Fire, my mind immediately goes toward Children of the Forest, Ghost of the Red Raven, goes to that kind of stuff. Cave-dwelling folk. Oh, absolutely. Will we see the Children of the Forest in this show? Almost certainly. If we're going to be in Age of Heroes, you almost have to put them in there. And a lot of the kind of topography of the uh, cave, the geopark, mm-hmm. um, has that kind of rock jutting through grass kind of aesthetic that we've seen cool. with nice. the Children of the Forest before. So, yeah, I think if... Like, if you're going to go on location for a pilot, mm-hmm. like, it's probably going to be for something. And you're going to build it. a cave and you're yeah. going to shoot in a cave. It, 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 yeah, that, that, that's what I'm getting. Yeah, like, there's a lot of pieces here and they seem to be making a really kind of obvious picture. Do you think that would make the show too... Because, you know, Game of Thrones was to kind of distinguish itself by, yes, there were supernatural elements, but for a long time... And really, in the end, too, mm-hmm. it was more about the politics, the characters. And um, in the end, I think the supernatural bits were kind of almost not a distraction, but like a feint, as in this isn't the real story that we're building the behind the scenes. If, but if we start with elven tree creatures um, of yore, 
are we going to have a different mood on Blood Moon that's I, more sci-fi fantasy E? I mean, I think you almost have to to avoid the criticisms of the show being too Game of Thrones. I think you're right. Like, obviously, there's still going to be politicking and all that good stuff. But, yeah, if you want to try and evoke something different, Which but they still do. They said similar they do. Mm-hmm. to Game of Thrones, you know, the Children Forest appear briefly in Game of Thrones. There's this, there's always this obsession with the past and, like, the myths of the past. There's this, yeah. We could go into that on in great detail, but we're not for the sake of the show. We totally could. We totally could. Um, but, I mean, if you're going to name a show Blood Moon... You, which they might not. Which, but if you're gonna do that as the, the the working title or like the, you know, the kind of, I mean, yeah, working titles. Yeah, that, that, I think that's appropriate. You gotta lean into the woo woo. Sure, <laughs> like, I guess you do. You, lean you to gotta, the woo woo. You gotta lean into the woo woo. Like, I mean, there's I like part of me that wonders if it could be as, as successful as it was if it focused more on traditional fantasy stuff. But, I mean, I know there's lots of problems with that argument that, A, it's not going to be as successful anyway, so you might as well just do your own thing. Um, and, B, yeah, sure, why not? We've had the one thing. Let's have one that's more uh, straight-up woo-woo elven children. And I will say that it doesn't have to necessarily be kind of straight woo-woo. I mean, I it's not going to be straight weird. woo-woo. I want it to be weird woo-woo. Yes. I mean, there are definitely woo-woo elements. <laughs> Holy crap, I just realized, are the children of the forest George R. R. Martin's take on elves? Um, elves and Ents kind of crossed, I That guess. just occurred to me. I think I might be right. I, I would say kind of Elves and Ents crossed, because right. they're kind of woody. Yeah, People, yeah, People, like, they're that. kind of inherently wood-looking and that sort of thing. Live a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're kind of, like, apart from people. Live in the forests. Yeah. All right, I'm going to go with that. All right, thank <laughs> you on that. Thank you, right, so time. That's what's happening on Blood Moon, Long Night, Game of Thrones prequel, whatever they're going to call it. Blood Moon. Game of Thrones 2060, um, 2049, negative 2049. Um, we'll update you with that as we get more stuff. Um, we have one comment from Jillian who just says, Sir C, which is really apropos, because let's talk about something that uh, Lena Headey said. And I'm certain we could talk about this now. Uh, she was at Munich Comic Con, and she talked about something that we'd been hearing for a long time, you guys. We heard two years ago, before the seventh season of the show started, when kind of the whole thing leaked on Reddit, the entire season leaked on Reddit, and everything was pretty much down to the, like, accurate. It was, John will go beyond the wall, Viserion will die, and Night of Congress recommends that a zombie dragon, Olena will die, Jamie will be there. Like, everything was on the money, and there was this scene that was mentioned all the way back then that Cersei, in the last episode, is going to wake up in her bed covered in blood, discovered she'd miscarried, and um, be displeased. Um, And then it didn't happen, and it kept not happening throughout season eight. And now that the whole thing is done, and I wonder how many stories like this we'll get over the years, by the way, (laughs) like things that almost happened. Um, She was talking to Munich Munich Comic Con audience and said... Oh, yeah, we totally filmed this scene. For, we, and, and they filmed it. It wasn't just like in the script. They filmed this. It wasn't like in the outline. They cut it. Where that happened. Where she lost the baby. And she said, um, it was really traumatic. Great moment for Cersei. And it never made it in. I kind of loved doing that because I thought it would have served her differently. So, okay. So, A, just I'm just vindicated that that, that, that actually was a thing. And that I wasn't crazy. And that it happened. And just that, that hole is plugged. Um, the other question is, why do you think they decided to cut that? 
um, that's a long, long answer that, well, there might be multiple answers to that question. I mean, yeah, with, with the answer that we don't know, I don't, we don't know them. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I feel like if they were putting together season eight, even as they mm-hmm. were working through season seven, and you have to kind of assume that they had to in some respects because of how long they were about to take to make season eight. Sure. I, I, I think maybe they were like, this might make, uh, this might make fans feel something for Thursday that we don't want them oh, to feel going into season eight because season eight spends a lot of time making her somehow even more villainous and hateful. I mean, she doesn't really have a whole lot of screen time in season eight. And what no. she does have is villainous and hateful. Decapitating Masande. Yeah. Like villainous and hateful. And, I think maybe they thought it would kind of slow things down too much. And it would kind of, if there is, if there's no baby, then somehow Cersei and Jamie's death scene would be kind of cheapened, which I thought it was cheap to begin with. So, uh, but, okay, I can see that. but yeah, there's, if, if the baby's not there, then there's this kind of somehow there might be this lack of an emotional or kind of, character through line i don't think it's an accurate argument but i think they could have convinced themselves that that was an accurate argument i mean i think there's something that there might be something to the idea that uh, they didn't want to have sympathize too soon because cersei right. is villainous and horrible in season eight until the final moment where she's like i don't want to die i don't want my baby to die let's get out of this yeah right by the way i did feel bad for her in that final stretch when she goes down to the crypts with jamie and then she died so um maybe they I mean, obviously, they just they thought differently. They must have reassessed and thought, we want this to be part of Cersei's arc. And, you know, and, and, and they used it a lot. Like, she tricked Euron to thinking that it was his baby. Tyrion appeals to her using it, which never worked, but he tried it anyway. So um, many times. So many times. <laughs> I don't know why the fourth time you think it's going to work this time, Tyrion, but whatever. Um, so, like, they, 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 they got some use out of it. And I guess, I mean, I, I wonder if it would have, it certainly would have made it it would have maybe made her act differently and if, I, if she had lost it. She didn't have anything to lose anymore. I think it could have been interesting, though, if, like, we as an audience and Cersei knew that there was no baby mm-hmm. and then watched her act like there was still a baby in season eight. I mean, yes, but, I mean, in that case, the final scene would have been a little confusing for me because, I mean, mm-hmm. she definitely seemed like she was genuinely in fear of it. Yes. Like, it would have at least required a rewrite or a react and I thought she was really good in that scene. She was really good in that scene. I just, I don't know. I, I kind of fundamentally agree with, disagree with the idea of Cersei's death anyway. So I'm working from that standpoint as opposed to the, it was a gotcha. good death scene okay. standpoint. Understood. I, I enjoyed Cersei's death scene. Yeah. I, I did. I thought, it was a pretty, I thought it was a good way to go out. And I, I liked her in the end. Um, I mean, look, we've talked about season eight so much and like what went wrong, what didn't go wrong. Blah, 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 blah. We're going to be litigating that until... The heat death of the sun. Let's be real. <laughs> but yeah, interesting. Um, I'm just glad that they, I know what happened to that. Because yeah. it would have driven me mad until um, I died or left this job. Yeah. And, and now you can sleep easily. Okay. Um, uh, anything else you talk about? Oh, Stephanie said they tried to humanize her for whatever reason. Because she's a human, Stephanie. She got things. Cersei is a person, guys. I think so. Uh, justice for Cersei is personhood. Um... <sighs> Okay, let's go, before we bring on Josh Hill for a song, then Josh, let's go um, beyond the wall for a second Spooky. and talk about a non-Game of Thrones topic. There are a lot of other shows on the horizon, including 
probably one you probably can't avoid hearing about right now, is out in a couple of weekends, July 4th, uh, Stranger Things on the Netflix. Posted for season three, so 80s it hurts. Kind of fun. So 80s. neon. So neon. Ugh. Um. So, okay, two quick things here. Have you been keeping track of, like, all their corporate sponsorships? They have made deals with Burger King, Nike, Baskin-Robbins, Coke, uh, Fortnite, and a bunch of others to the point where I'm, like, I'm kind of grossed out. Yeah, like, I'm... I'm impressed mm-hmm. in that weird way that you're kind of impressed, but also a little bit horrified. <laughs> like, I've kind of been with Stranger Things roughly since the beginning. Are you a fan, by the way? I do enjoy the show. Yeah, no, it's a fun show. So, um, the fact that it is gone from, like, this little kind of, not necessarily indie, because you can't really be indie when you're on Netflix. It was so under the radar that, like, there was no press that first year at all. nothing. It was all word of mouth. And then everybody was like, oh my god, Stranger Things! And I was, and I'm just sitting here like, what's up? I I was a little hipster about it. I was like, I've been here since the beginning. (laughs) Um, And now, just a couple seasons later, it is a behemoth. It's like Netflix's meal ticket. I know. And it hurts a little. Like, yeah, like you, yeah, you, I see you, it. you can kind of see, like, even from season one to season two, you can kind of see how it changed in, like, even, like, its approach and storytelling. Like, season two is okay. Like, I don't hate season two. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm watching it now to prepare for the next season. Yeah, and yeah it, it's good. It's, it's, not, it's not a bad show. Yeah, it's, it's not a bad season. Fine. Like, I, I mean, I think season one is still superior, totally. but it's fine, you know? And so to see it now, like turn into this juggernaut of merchandising (laughs) and like they're bringing back new coke for stranger things they're serving upside down whoppers which are literally just whoppers turned upside down like (laughs) i loved that i'm like (laughs) i hope they upcharge for that (sighs) as terry says film in atlanta very true like many things like many things yeah it's 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 very it's it's strange um damn it um it's it's just weird to see how it's kind of changed in the few years that it's been a thing yeah and it's not an old show at all no like it's third season this is season three it it hasn't gotten to 20 episodes no (laughs) like it's tiny and and sometimes i start to wonder like at this point how much is hype is manufactured and how much hype is not manufactured? Like, at what point do you kind of have this tipping point between, like, natural hype, for whatever that's worth, and mm-hmm. artificial hype? And I think we're crossing that sure. point with Stranger Things. I mean, things. it's very Game of Thrones, sort of. And, like, you know, that's another show that started, not, not a small Stranger Things, but no. certainly smaller than it became and became a juggernaut. And that might have, you know, that might have harmed it in the in the final estimation. But as a while ago, Stranger Things, they said they're going to probably do one or two more seasons after this, which I think th- seems appropriate. You don't want to stop too far. Yeah, and I think you know they're already navigating this idea of their main characters growing up. Um, and you I you th- know the word for the story about growing up. Buildings there, romance. Yes, that's the one. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Buildings romance. Yeah. Uh, like bit I'm not going to spell it for you. Yeah. Um they're already kind of struggling with that idea and I think that they're worried 
if they let it go too long, they're kind of going to lose that kind of young teenhood mm -hmm. in a very adult show concept, if that makes sense. No, totally. I mean, I'm still like, I would say like a solid 75% there for Steve, Nancy, and Jonathan. So, and then the other 25% is Dustin. It's very simple. You don't want those characters to age to the point where they're like, we're in middle school. Let's say they're 20 years old. Uh, yeah, basically. And that kind of, you know, fleeting or, you know, I don't want them to have to deal with. Sure. I don't think they will. I, th I, th I think they'll get it while they're getting good. So much of the growing up As thing. Alan Hooker says, I've seen all of the show and I still won't be able to explain it to someone. Um, Stranger Things or Game of Thrones? We're not sure. Tell us, Alan Hooker. <laughs> Tell us everything. What show you mean? Any other thoughts, Cheryl, on any of this? Game of Thrones or Stranger Things? I mean, I want to try New Coke just because New Coke was a thing before I was born. Um, you serious? <laughs> I, I I wasn't born in 1985. Um, so neither was I. <laughs> Sorry, I don't want to be defensive. <laughs> I wasn't. Mm, you were you were you were you were close to that line, buddy. But I wasn't born then. <laughs> Go on. I haven't tried New Coke, so I feel like it would be it's it's an experience to have tried it and sure. but not have to figure out where to buy it. So. I think you could buy it in stores at some point in the near future, but I don't know. I'll give it a shot. That's <laughs> all it. Right. That's all I got. New Coke. Until uh, New Coke is not week. worth it, says Karen, just to note. Karen, I think that Pepsi tastes like sugar water, so I have weird soda opinions anyway. Anyway, with that, thanks for joining us, Cheryl. We're going to bring on Josh Hi, Hill for our continuing segment, A Song of Dan and Josh, where myself, who has read A Song of Ice and Fire, George R. Martin's unfinished fantasy masterpiece multiple times uh and josh hill who has never read this particular uh series of books uh talk about it. we break it down chapter by chapter what makes this series work what makes it special how does george R. R. martin use things like i don't know motif and theme and uh, uh words to convey his message when does it succeed when does he fail josh hill how are you doing i'm doing good hello everybody Good to be back. Yeah, good to be back indeed. All right, we are still on. Oh, and Teresa says, wine is better than any Coca-Cola, which, yes, absolutely. Wine, that is wait, a, Wine I, is better than Coca-Cola? Yeah, can I like that comment? I can. I did. Okay, great. Isn't that like an apples and oranges situation where we're, we're comparing... Nope. Soda um, any to, drink, wine is better than it. It's pretty... Alcohol. Well, I mean, I'm not disagreeing. I'm just saying <laughs> it seems a little unfair of a comparison. I like it twice. Um, speaking of wine, yes. what a great segue. We did uh, a new Tyrion chapter, Tyrion Three from A Clash of Kings. Yeah. Okay. Um, I thought pretty juicy overall. So it's cool because last time we were with Arya Four, whatever, mm -hmm. and it was all action. It was Arya um, on the King's Road, sleeping in this uh, hold fast, which is yeah. a word I, I, I just want you to remember. Cause I'm oh, I remember it. Hold fast. Okay, great. Okay, it's a memory. Got to have those hold fast. That one's going into the greatest hits montage. <laughs> and she gets attacked by. Uh, the gold cloaks, and it's a whole action scene where she yep. hacks the guy's hand, and she frees Jack and the It's a fire, and she crawls through a tunnel. And now we have this Tyrion chapter where it's all him talking in rooms with people. It is, and um, which is, it, it, I, I, I just really like about about the books, and I almost feel sorry for making you read them this way, chapter where, by um, chapter, chapter by chapter, bit by bit. Where really, it's it's. I think it's almost better to read them when you have these like changes of tone. Mm -hmm. It's fun to like read through it all in in a way. But since we're reading like this, what do you think of this Tyrion chapter? The Real Housewives chapter. <laughs> We've got all of the... Yeah. It's very a reality television show where 
Cersei's got her thing, and we're talking about Stannis, and Stannis isn't around. Anytime Littlefinger <laughs> and Varys are involved, there's going to be like petty behind your talking behind your back drama, which I'm extremely here for. In I am too. It's amazing. By the way, uh, Julie says hi. Oh, hi, Julie. And also has like hi, everybody, but also four Julie. wine glass emojis and five wine bottle emojis, which I'm going to like that comment too. Well, okay. it's, it's noon somewhere. So. <laughs> it, it's the 20th where she is. That's true. Celebrating a new day. What's the future like? <laughs> exactly. Anyway, so yeah, completely agree. Lots of fun yep. gossip and just lots of good talks. Like, okay. Yep. So let me pose a number of uh, dilemmas to you. Because the, the first part of that chapter is all them in the small council meeting. Mm-hmm. Cersei, Tyrion, Varys, Littlefinger, and I think Pycelle talking about what to do about this um, whole Stannis situation. Stannis has made it known to everybody in the kingdoms. Joffrey is the bastard son of Cersei and Jaime. Mm-hmm. I'm the real king. He's not the real king. What are you going to do about it? And Cersei is freaking pissed off, as she would Naturally. be. Naturally. Yes. Her idea is to issue an edict forbidding anyone to talk about Joffrey's incestuous birth, punishable by death, and Tyrion thinks it's folly. When you tear out a man's tongue, you're not proving him a liar. You're only telling the world what, that you fear what he might say. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wants to just let him talk. And that uh, they'll get over it eventually, that if you don't try to suppress it, it's not going to be dirty and fun to whisper, so they're not going to be interested. Mm-hmm. Who's right there? Um, yeah, let it go. Let the, let the rumors fly like doves into the sky. You don't whatever, agree so. with Cersei to chop up people's heads if they talk about it? <laughs> no, because that's, that's an admission of guilt the, uh, with the lying by omission yeah, thing. That's so, um, no, Tyrion's absolutely right. So don't don't cop to the lie if you cop to the lie by saying you can't talk about it you're admitting that it's true and we've seen that i mean we always talk about politics on the show because yeah, especially in chapters like this because selkie we we are a political show yes we are uh, deeply involved in the goings-on who do you endorse <laughs> see you you, you you want to go there we shouldn't go there. oh let's dive deep but we've seen i mean we equate this to history before with mm-hmm. you know the comparisons with the dothraki and it not being necessarily a great representation of history uh this is another example of <laughs> being able to relate it to current times like you have you know trump can say whatever he wants and literally everybody's like, don't say anything. But he's like, I'm just going to say it on the middle of the news. And everybody's like, oh, but wow, we jump all over. It, we talk about it. That's all we talk about. We do. But then it, you forget about it. You're like, oh, that's not a big that's deal. Very true. Like he has a rap sheet of things he said that are both stupid and illegal that are so long. And oh, that's boy. kind of the thing yeah, with boy. Cersei where it's like, don't say, don't make people not talk about this. Otherwise you're going to, you know, there's a way to get away with this. That's Tyrion's idea. Yeah. That, you know, it's gossip. Tyrion's, the smart, Tyrion's always been the smarter. Which the as uh, Julie says, Tyrion was smart in those days. Which <laughs> to and Curran says, I love that quote. It is a great quote. Mm-hmm. But how about Littlefinger's wrinkle to it? Because he takes it further. Ah, he not he only wants them, he not only doesn't want people to punish people about it, he agrees with Tyrion that, okay, yeah, don't punish them. That'll just prove that you are something to hide. He wants to spread his own lie. Or, I mean, it's not a lie that Joffrey is ancestral's birth, but. No, he wants to so counter it. His idea is, okay. So to make this look like gossip, let's make up a rumor and spread it around. The fool. And he wants... <laughs> did, you, did you get this bit? This I bit did, was yeah. pretty intense. It was. Okay, so his plan is, let's spread a rumor that Shireen, Stannis' daughter, is actually... The father is actually Patchface, the mentally brain-damaged court jester in mm. Stannis' court. And that Stannis has been cuckolded 
by his wife, who apparently nobody likes. And, you know, there are also these horrible things, but, like, I'm at that, 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 that's easy to believe. Mm-hmm. Like, he's awful, she's awful, like, only a fool would have her, et cetera, et cetera. Which is just, it's really mean-spirited and awful, but... It's extremely Littlefinger, that's the thing. And as he says, and the best lies contain within them nuggets of truth, enough to give the listener pause. As it happens, this fool is utterly devoted to the girl and follows her everywhere. They even look somewhat alike. Shireen has a mottled, half-frozen face as well. Because she has that disease. The, the stone face. Yeah. The, or what is it? Grayscale? Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and the jester has it because he like suffered a huge head injury or drowned at sea for a while, and he is like all messed up in the face. Yeah. And this he's going to take advantage of this. So is, how do you feel about that? I've, I'll leave it to the little finger to go from zero to 60 in no <laughs> time at all. Um, no. Cersei loves the idea, by the way. Of course she loves the idea. That's... There are times on the show where you... <laughs> she has this line where she's like, oh, Littlefinger, you're so wicked. Yeah, <laughs> it's just was... so fun. The, those two, let me tell you. But there's times on the show where you kind of like think Littlefinger, like maybe he's not that bad. Maybe you know, mm-hmm. he's just angling for his own gain, which he clearly is. But it's like, yeah. I can... Kind of the same way we made Cersei a sympathetic character many, many times in our heads before the final season. Right. Um, and even before like... The Walk of Shame. We were kind of battling sure. with this. Of, oh, she kind of a sympathetic. She uh, can we have empathy with her? Yeah. And he felt that way with Littlefinger. And this is a reminder of. Did you feel that way with Littlefinger? When? No, but I mean, you, if you could come to a, to the line of saying, "Can we have empathy with this character?" Because okay. are all these characters truly purely evil? This kind of reminds or reinforces the idea that Littlefinger's just a he's a cockroach. Littlefinger's pretty rotten. He's. And- Rotten is putting it nicely. Like this and is Tyrion a, agrees. a terrible thing. Like Tyrion thinks during that, like like because Tyrion's plan was was pretty smart. It, it didn't go this far, and Tyrion looks at that and thinks uh, this one is more dangerous than I knew. Like he's seen, ooh, that. Although he says like that's actually a good idea, but we shouldn't do it. It's like for for for, for Tyrion that crosses a line. Yeah, well, it's like the the idea of spreading the lie, the counter lie mm-hmm. to. The Joffrey stuff and equating it to Stannis, good idea in theory. And I think Tyrion was up to it to that point. And then Littlefinger, because he's Littlefinger, goes the extra step further to explain it the way that he did, which that's the point where Tyrion and everybody else is like, nah, I'm good. I'm out. This is, yeah, yeah you were on to something. And then he went a little bit too far. But I mean, but they're going to do it, I think. I mean, well, like, again, Cersei is into it. Well, of course. Okay, uh, beyond that, really fun scene. I, I, I like that scene a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like the Dostalki scenes. Uh, Tyrion goes and has a mysterious meeting in his Solar, another stupid <laughs> medieval word you can learn. I think Solar means like um, like in your apartments, in a castle, like your kind of meeting, s- sitting area. It's not in the vocab list. I didn't put it down there. <coughs> anyway, he's meeting with all these um, goldsmiths, iron workers craft types mm-hmm. and they're making him giant chains this is not in the books i mean or rather not, not in the show, the show. um what do you think he's making the hell are those things i don't know yeah. i had the same thought i was like this is interesting yeah because this is not in the show this is giant chains i'm trying to think of like what what is that <coughs> unit of what well, well, like what's a giant chain are we talking because my like, immediate yay, thing was, like a length this big okay because my immediate thought was because i went completely because i don't didn't remember this and then i'm equating it to things in the yeah. show i'm like well is this for like, you're not crazy is it's, this like th- this was just straight up cut yeah i was like was this foreshadowing like Tyrion knows that dragons might be on the horizon are we like chains for like big chains oh, are we good. talking just like chains like you know i'll just leave it there because you don't know what's happening we'll find out later ourselves it's not any of that it's here's the hint it's 
it's integrated into a thing that does happen on the show. On the show, they just do it without the chains. Oh, okay. Interesting. They just cut the chains, which they don't really need them. I'm in. So we'll see it. And it's, it's also another fun example of him fighting against his sister, because Cersei mm-hmm. told all these people to go make armor and swords. And surprise, surprise, she threatened them with death if they didn't. And Seems Tyrion has thing. this. She loves that. <laughs> And Tyrion's doing this thing where, no, make chains, and if you don't, I'll threaten you with death. Mm. So, I mean, these poor craftspeople, by the way, who just, like, Real no wonder they all place. hate the Lannister family. <laughs> I mean, they, if the brother's not threatened with death, sister is, it's, it's, it's hard to live under a Lannister regime. Yeah. Poor. All they're trying to do is make a living, too. All they want to do is... They're just trying to put food on the table stuff. for their families, putting away for the college fund. Like. <laughs> the college fund. Yeah, you know, the it's a rough life. Citadel fun. The Citadel fun. And there is the I like the one bit where the the one like kind of really successful fancy iron worker is like, I will make you a beautiful set of armor. I'm beneath I'm above making chains. He's like, Yeah, do it or I'm going to have you fed to <laughs> In the hierarchy of making chain mail or whatever he's making. Yeah. Iron workers, there are richer iron workers than others, I'm sure. Well, I suppose. Like he's got like a cloak and everything, and the others are all like just wearing. And the others like snicker when he gets told off. You can tell like in the iron worker community of King's Landing, <laughs> everyone hates that guy. Ugh. Which I think is really that's great. the spinoff that I want <laughs> about the iron workers of King's Landing. I mean, I think that's, that's, that's the gritty, that the <laughs> gritty sitcom that I want, the dramedy. Give me that. Give me that, HBO. That's what I need. I, mean, I like that stuff because it, it, it like suggests all this kind of life happening right beyond mm-hmm. the limits of the pages. The world that, building, yeah. Yeah, like that when these iron workers go home, they talk shit about this <laughs> jackass iron guy that nobody likes. And yeah, he like goes home to his Paul's family. Paul's at it again. Go. He's yeah. talking about how he's Freaking better Paul. than all of us. Exactly. So I like that. I like that we have these little moments that show us there's more to it. Um, and the chapter ends with... Tyrion going to a brothel. Surprise, surprise. Uh, Talk about Chataya's. surprise, surprise. But again, surprise in the surprise. It is. He goes in, he meets Chataya, who is the, the madam. Mm-hmm. There's some weird talk about sex that I don't know if we want to talk about or not, where George R. Martin like, kind of sexualizes these like young uh, black girls. Where they say, like, in our culture, it's perfectly natural to have sex. And yada, yada. I'm like, I'll just stay away from that. Yeah, this George R. R. Martin in his cabin in the woods. Sometimes I do read this and picture George R. R. Martin writing it out like that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. and I get a little uncomfortable. But um, I have similar thoughts about that, right? And I mean, I'll, I'll be honest; it 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 might get worse at points. We'll just have to deal with that as we come to it. But um, the the plot point of it. Oh, by the way, Harold says, "Please move the Lannister banner." No, Lannisters forever. That's right. Oh man, <laughs> I'll have it. I like Lannisters. <laughs> um. Anyway, the point of this scene is that Tyrion goes into the brothel, goes into a room with a prostitute, the mm-hmm. uh, madam's daughter, and the idea is, it's kind of written as you think he's going to sleep with her, yeah. but then he goes into a cupboard, pulls a secret thing, goes Plot down twist. into a tunnel, and it's actually, he wants people to see him going into a brothel, mm-hmm. thinking this is where he is, but really he's going into a secret tunnel that Varys knows, Varys knows all this crap, and he is going out to Shay's place, mm-hmm. the place he bought for Shay on the side of the city. Mm-hmm. The idea being, he's into Shay. He can't let anybody know he's into Shay. He's keeping her a secret. So this is the measure he has to take to get yeah. to her in secret. Um, good idea. Endearing. It endears Tyrion further to us because it's like, oh, look at it. He's going all the way out of his way to go see his <laughs> his lover. Is it smart? Um, I mean, it's necessary. I think. I don't know. It's as smart as it can be. Like he's trying. So. 
Okay, fair enough. Putting, you know, it's the it's a ruse. So, how smart can ruses be? I guess it's it, it's pretty smart. Mm-hmm. He is trusting Varus to help him with it. That's part of it because you know he doesn't know this secret horror um, passages here. Varus mm-hmm. doesn't tell him, and Varus again, Master of Disguise shows up again. Tyrion's like, even his walk is different that when he's there. Do you wish they would have kept that? <laughs> Do you wish Varus would have been a Master of Disguise? That would have been nice. Yeah, but kind of interesting. It's also very striking the way that he looks in the show. So it's very memorable. That's true. Which you can't say iconic. about you know. A, a kind of pudgy, bald, white guy. Nothing about that is memorable. Somehow they made it memorable. So, <laughs> oh, okay. Anyway, yeah, they go through the tunnel. They get in a horse, and the final line I think is, you know, they're just talking about uh, Lord Varys. Sometimes I feel as though you're the best friend I have in King's Landing. Sometimes I feel you are my worst enemy. And Varys replies, "How odd! I think quite the same of you." So they're still circling each other. Mm-hmm. That's about where we end. It's a good chapter. It was a good chapter. It was fun, mm-hmm. and I was some other fun bits I liked. Um, so we, we, we talked about how Tyrion is, you know, battering the iron workers mm-hmm. into making him his chains, which, spoiler alert, is for the war effort. He has this bit where... Um, <laughs> I like how you, like, dangle that carrot, and then, like, five minutes later, you're just like, all right, here's, well, I mean, here's the goods. It, it, it's important to my next point. Um, he also notes that he's doing everything he can to keep the city fed, mm-hmm. but wherever he goes, people still look at him suspiciously. Yeah. Like, he is trying to defend them. What does he have to do to get respect, or can he? Is this just the price he... Is this just inevitable? Can he be beloved uh, by the people? I would certainly like it, but I don't think he can. There's... Effort can be made, but you just there's a stigma around him that I don't think it's ever going to be lifted. Because then it gets to a thing where it's like, well, who are... If it comes down, push comes to shove, and you're put in a situation where it's Tyrion or Cersei, like... Sure. Cersei can help you out a lot more than Tyrion would. Like, even in the in the in the idea of Cersei has more power, outward power, and Tyrion doesn't have that. So yeah, yeah I could true. see people Although easily siding against him. He's trying, and again, I trying, I, I, yeah, I, I did say that like, yeah, I mean, you're trying to keep the city fed, but you did threaten death to those iron workers who were going to put them as possible situation. Yeah. So you know, got to bruise a few bananas before you. I was looking for a metaphor like that, so sure, that'll go. go. Julia asks, whatever happened to the dude in the crate that Varys brought to Westeros? Um, not in the books, I don't think. He does Ooh. not do that in the books. They add that in. Um, so who knows? I assume he killed him brutally. Um, I also liked, I just had to say this line, little finger fingered his beard. I'm sure that there's a term for whatever that is in language. Repetition. That's another one where I imagine George R. R. Martin just alone in the woods, just kind of giggling to himself. Oh, totally. He's like, he like wrote that. He's like, <laughs> he's like, I'm amused by this. I'm like, I'm hilarious. You, George. I, it's not bad. But no, it's yeah. not bad. It's like, that's I bet he typed it and giggled mm-hmm. to himself. I also like this little strange from Tyrion and Bronn. Tyrion saying to Bronn, you, are almo- you sound almost a proper cor- courtier. Next, you'll be kneeling. And Bronn simply says, F you, dwarf. Mm-hmm. That's it. Good, good repartee, those two. I love Bronn's it. Fun. Anything else you noticed in this chapter? No. I do appreciate <laughs> right, I do appreciate that, that you uh, the header for the whole thing about Tyrion going to the brothel is work life balance. Yeah. It's great. I mean Because it's not untrue. It's totally true. I mean he wants to keep Shay mm-hmm. as a uh, as his paramour, but he has to work really hard to get there. Mm-hmm. Is it worth it? And also, I mean, the point is that she's she represents a danger. Yeah. If someone found out about Shay, they would 100% use her against him. Oh, yeah. Which they try to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and they actually end up doing later when she appears at the trial. So he's kind of, he's putting all this in energy and investment 
and keeping her happy, buying her a house. Mm-hmm. In the end, she betrays him, and then he kills her. And that, 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 it's an interesting journey, by the way, because she's, she's quite different in the books than she's in the show. Okay. So we'll see how that plays out uh, as it goes on. Interesting. You're going to spoil that for me, too? Or are you actually going to let me read it? I mean, you already know what happens. <laughs> I'm just saying she's different. I'll spoil it right now. She's not as nice. She doesn't actually love him in the, in the books. In the book, she's clearly just in it for the money. That's like a soul-crushing spoiler, Saki. It's not really a spoiler. I mean, like, you know. But by this point, they had already kind of been affectionate with each other. In the, in the show, in the books, it's pretty clear. In the books, it, it, it's more, I think it's more clear that it's not a good decision on Tyrion's part. Okay. In the show, like, they actually love each other. So you can get why he's doing this. In the show, in the books, she, she's in it for the money. He knows she's in it for the money. But she, he wants it anyway because he has uh, his little dwarf heart yearns. This has just made me sad, Selkie. What chapter are you reading next week? Oh, we are reading, I believe, a brand chapter. Ooh. Yeah. And then another Tyrion chapter because Tyrion dominates this book. Hmm. All okay. right. She never loved him, show or book, says Stephanie. Um, we can talk about that as it comes up. Two weeks. Anyway. The next Tyrion chapter. Oh, I guess. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, two weeks next Tyrion chapter. Yes. And then brand chapter next week. We'll see you next week with brand whatever. Uh, thanks for watching, everybody. Uh, have a lovely evening. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.